Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What do you think of Pro Football Focus? And, and don't don't ask me what Pro Football Focus is. There's no way you're a football fan listening to a show called Daily Shot of Steelers if you don't at least know what Pro Football Focus is and why it seems to tick so many people off. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early. Every weekday morning, if you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Steelers resume OTAs this morning, later this morning, 10.35 a.m. to be precise. I'll be over there myself this week to check out what's going on, share with you all the latest right here on this program. Yesterday was not a day of activity, but yesterday did offer one little interesting nugget as it relates to the Steelers, and that did come from Pro Football Focus, which, depending on your perspective, is either the worst thing that's ever been put forth in the football world, or something that at least offers enough data, analysis, and information to make you think. I'm in the camp when it comes to PFF that they're fighting an unwinnable battle because football is a difficult sport for an outsider to analyze. And when I say outsider, I'm referring to absolutely every human on the planet except For the head coach, the coordinator, the positional coach, and when it comes down to a specific play, the actual player. And that is it. Because football, unlike almost all other sports, comes with a script. And that script is not shared publicly. And as a result, we don't know where that defensive end was supposed to go. We don't know what challenge that defensive end was supposed to take on. We don't know who was supposed to drop back in coverage, who was supposed to go forward, who missed an assignment, who covered for that person who missed the assignment and thus was out of position themselves. We don't know any of these things. And no matter how expert-like you are, 
no matter if you're Don Shula, Chuck Noll, George Hallis, Bill Belichick, I'm running out of names here. You, you can't know where someone was supposed to be. You can take an educated guess. You can understand trends and tendencies, but you can't know. You can't know definitively. When you're watching a hockey game, you have a pretty good idea that the goaltender was supposed to make a save. When you're watching a baseball game, you have a pretty good idea that the shortstop was supposed to glove the ball and throw to first. You don't know with football. You just don't know. So, I offer this in that lush context. PFF, yesterday, put together a rather comprehensive and somewhat convincing, I'll say, analysis that ranked the Steelers' front line, front defensive line, number one in the National Football League. And understand before you think that that's just defensive linemen, meaning Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and Tyson Alualu, that there was a qualifier in there that includes the outside linebackers in a 3-4 set. So the Steelers are number one. And... My first reaction to that, other than that it came from PFF, is, yeah, I mean, I guess that can't be too surprising because the defensive line men, the three names I just mentioned, all were very highly graded in 2020. And to their left is a certain pretty notable outside linebacker. Maybe the best. So, what are they really saying here, and what would they have to be defensive about? I'm going to read you the entry that accompanied the number one Pittsburgh ranking. This is the entirety of it. One would think that Pittsburgh's defensive line is slated to take a step back after replacing Bud Dupree with Alex Highsmith, but that step might not be as large as many expect. Highsmith finished his rookie season with a higher pass rush win rate, 16.5%, than Dupree, 13.7% last year. And he joins a group that already features T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and Tyson Alualu, all of whom made PFF's list of the top 32 players at their respective positions entering the 2021 NFL season. That group will look to match a league-leading 45.1% pressure rate in 2020. That's the entire entry. Number two was Washington, by the way, which shouldn't surprise you if you saw the way those guys attacked the Steelers, particularly Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Boy, were they good. I'm talking about the game at Heinz Field, of course. But number one, number one was your Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll tell you why I'm at least a little, little bit skeptical of this. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a real thing. Capital S, capital L. It's reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in our commonwealth. LGKG 
has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them online at lgkg.com. The part that made me cringe about this specific entry was the line that you would have thought would be the most uplifting for me, and that would be that Highsmith finished his rookie season with a higher pass rush win rate than Bud did. Repeating the numbers, it was 16.5% to Bud's 13.7%. For anybody who doesn't know what a pass rush win rate is, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the old James Harrison beat the man across from you, Credo. That's it. You're lining up across from X player. Who won how many battles to get past that individual to get to the quarterback as it relates specifically to pass plays and clear pass rush situations. Ah, I got to tell you, I understand that there are analytics. I understand that there are people who watch these things a lot more closely than you or I do. But I saw Bud wreak havoc in a way that I'm not sure I'd seen from any pass rusher in a Pittsburgh uniform. Yeah, I'm about to say that. Because here's the thing. T.J. Watt has the technique, the slickness, the dynamism, the aggressiveness that you covet at that position, all on top of his extraordinary athleticism. But T.J. is more about, I'm going to find a way to beat you and get back there. And Bud was more about, I'm going to eat you alive. And whatever happens after that, I'm okay with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Bud had those, still does. I don't want to talk about him in the past tense. He's in Nashville. He's a real thing. Bud has those long, wavy arms like pterodactyl wings where he's coming in and swinging them around and swooping in on the quarterback or the running back or whoever is his prey back there. And he knocks people over with just a shove. And I'm not talking necessarily even about the man in front of him. I'm talking about people to his side or whatever. It's wreaking havoc, to use that term again. That's what Bud does as well as any Steelers pass rusher I've ever seen. That's not to say he's the best. Heck, the best player in franchise history was a defensive end, and I'm not changing my opinion or ranking of Joe Green. I'm talking about just at this one very specific element. So I do accept that Highsmith was efficient, that he was strong, that he was smart, and that he did, in fact, make an impact. He did get back to the quarterback. In fact, one of the things that ends up scoring well for you in grading systems like this, meaning not just the one that PFF might have used, but the internal evaluations that coaches and positional coaches do themselves, is that it's not always just about did you touch the quarterback or did you rush the quarterback. They're looking for all kinds of elements. 
to what you're doing? How much did you disrupt? And Highsmith did have his share of close calls where he'd just get back there, but just wouldn't get to the QB in time. And you'd say, ah, right there. So maybe this is accurate. I'm not ruling that out. But it, but, but, but it's Bud. You know, Bud was doing different things at that line of scrimmage. Maybe, look, look, maybe the broader point to come from this is the one that PFF reached itself. And that was that the Steelers' defensive front, all of these guys, if they were considered to be number one in the NFL in 2020, and there aren't many people that would have disputed that, that they could still be that in 2021, even if Highsmith is a little bit or a reasonable drop-off from Bud in certain areas. One other asterisk I feel obligated to throw in here is that if you're going to mention Highsmith and praise him for his pass rush win rate, and that is fair if you keep it in that context, you also have to weigh that when you're talking about the quality of a defensive front, and when you're talking about that in Pittsburgh, you're always talking about sealing the edge on the run. Bud had become not good, not very good, but great in this regard. He didn't start out that way. He was overrunning everything and everybody. He was ending up 10, 15 yards downfield. But he got there. He learned how to make the right decisions and to prioritize that the running back wasn't going to escape on his side. He was going to seal his deal over there. And he did that. We'll see about Highsmith. We'll see. Look, I, I don't mean to dump all over this. There's a chance it's accurate. But here again for the millionth time, I know we talk about him a lot already this offseason. We're laying a lot of young Alex Highsmith. When we come back, just one question. year and if that happens will it be more about the new personnel or the new coaching well it's going to have to be both joe and, and that's the easy arguably lazy answer i can give you here it's, it's not a cop-out it's just going to have to be 
both. Uh, which one will be more influential in that? I'm going to say that it'll be the identity of the running back, singular. When you upgrade at the running back position, you give yourself the best chance to improve your running game. But where it comes to the offensive line, the new personnel are going to have to dovetail not just with the new coaching, but also a new system. Meaning, of course, the wide zone blocking schemes. Adrian Clem comes along and he's going to have his own ideas and he's going to have his own philosophies. He's already spoken quite a bit this offseason about the importance of getting back to physical and punishing and bruising and all that other stuff. But in the same breath, you're hearing from the Steelers that, you know, it's going to be a different look. It's not just going to be about, here comes that term again from the opening segment, beating the man across from you. It's not just going to be a line-up and knock him backward. These young offensive linemen, meaning Zach Banner, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Chooksakorafor is still youngish, you know? Dan Moore is a rookie. These guys are going to have to come in and learn, and then from there show that they're learning at a comfortable enough pace that they can react semi-instinctively in performing on the football field. That's a big, 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 big component here. And I can promise you right now, even though this isn't the kind of stuff that'll make big, sexy headlines when they get to Latrobe, that this is going to be one of the things that you hear most about from Mike Tomlin and from the rest of his staff. It's going to be about how quickly they absorb the lessons that they're picking up now in OTAs and through individual playbook study and everything else and can process them into practicing without really thinking about it. That's a pretty big step with anything in life. But the fact that it's going to be a bunch of kids for the most part, with all due respect to David DeCastro, B.J. Finney, and not much more, they're going to have to utilize that, I think, as a, as a weapon when they're competing. And they will be competing. You should know that not one, not one offensive lineman has secured a starting job other than DeCastro. Did you know that? That's a true thing. The rest of them are going to be put into positions of competition. Now, in some cases, it could be Finney competing both at left guard and center and other situations like that, but not one of them is going to be anointed anything other than the starting right guard. So, you know, brush up, kids. Because it's about to get a whole lot harder, and they're not going to let you cheat in the book after the ball is snapped. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.